Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. I'm Simone Rochefort, supervising video producer at Polygon, and I'm here with Christina Warren, senior developer advocate at GitHub. Hello. Hello. Um, and I would first, I would like to start this off by thanking Simone for taking reins of the show last week, um, which was amazing. And and just like kudos to Simone, everyone, please, please clap. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> did you hear what I did? <laughs> <laughs> No, I read one of, for Booster. I read one of my like rejected Polygon scripts, so everyone got a uh, like behind a behind the scenes rough. Oh my draft. god! Okay, see that's brilliant. No, and 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 this was really embarrassing for me to admit this. No, I did not listen. <laughs> well, you don't you don't pay for it. <laughs> well, I mean, but I do. I, I don't, but I do have I do have the feed actually. So um, because I sometimes um let people pirate it off of me. Sorry. Aww. Sorry. Oh, sorry. that's sorry. nice. Sorry. Okay, you know good I mean? to know, listeners. If you uh probably buy Christina a drink. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, that's reverse. If you do a reverse rocket rule card on Christina, yes, she might give you the. <laughs> Um, I can't the RSS God, link. That's funny. No, that is funny. Um, no, but um, and and I also completely forgot what our um uh, emergency episode was that we even recorded. However many years ago it was. So yeah, that's a delight for for. I, I should go back and re-listen to it. But anyway, thank you for doing that last week. I'm really glad to be back with you this week. And we have an exciting show to record because not only do we get to actually talk about the iPhones, the new iPhones, which we have both gotten our hands on because Christina did convince me and help yes. me buy a new phone, but we get to talk about the FTX trial, which just started this week. So we are so excited to be back on our, our scam grind, uh, scam set, mindset, grind set, what? Yes, I, I, exactly. Scam set. Uh, I, okay, what did you say? Because that was brilliant. Scam set. Um, scam mind- set, mindset, grind set? Yes. Title, episode title. Yes, that is the episode title. <laughs> and that is good. That That's also potentially like a podcast and maybe even like the like whole book series i could see ah. we, sh- we should get with caroline calloway and see if oh. she would do like a workout thing with us i love her i do too i'm obsessed brilliant um and then for our booster segment our bonus segment for paying subscribers we are going to be discussing emma seligman's new film bottoms which so is in theaters right now mm-hmm. i think for at least a little more time and is also on demand as we found out when christina watched it yeah yeah so if you can't see it in theaters um and i'm disappointed that i wasn't able to so support your theaters yeah. if you can but um it is on apple tv google tv all those things it was like 15 bucks and honestly like a we're well, we're gonna get to it in the booster but just yeah if you're not familiar with the film it's uh, great lesbian high school fight club yes that's exactly it that's exactly it no no that's exactly it and yes so we're going to be talking about that you definitely want to be a pain member a boosty you're going to want to hear about uh, Simone and I squeal about about this movie I'm excited and how can they do that wow they can go to relay.fm slash membership uh, and learn how to pay for bonus segments of our podcast and support other Relay podcasts as well. How cool. So cool. All right, let's get into this because we got a lot of FTX to talk about. So Sam Bankman-Fried, our favorite founder of failed <laughs> cryptocurrency exchange FTX, is as of Tuesday this week on trial for seven counts of wire fraud and conspiracy. He has been accused of misappropriating and embezzling funds from FTX's customers, all while promoting FTX as the the, the good guy crypto exchange. This is the secure one. This is mm-hmm. the one that's doing it smart, doing it right. 
Uh, the customer money was allegedly used to make, quote unquote, billions of dollars of investments, buy $200 million of real estate and repay uh, the lenders of uh, Alameda, his other uh, crypto firm. Um, or his research firm, Alameda Research. So if he is convicted of all counts, NPR says he, like, theoretically could be sentenced to more than 100 years in prison. Uh, that time could also be served consecutively. Uh, that's just what's on the table here. At the same time as all this is going on, Michael Lewis, who was shadowing Bankman Freed for two years and conducted apparently more than 100 interviews over that time, has published his long-awaited book, Going Infinite, The Rise and Fall of a New Tycoon, uh, to coincide with the so beginning good. of the trial, which is a baller move. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, the trial will have consequences not just for Bankman Freed and FTX, but also for the crypto industry at large, whose reputation is at stake a little bit. That being said, the prosecution plans to make this case as straightforward as possible. It is not about crypto, despite all the techie trappings. It is just garden variety, financial fraud, fraud and embezzlement. Fraud, uh, fraud, fraud, fraud. It's fraud uh, all the way down. Fraud to the bottom. And the defense, of course, argues that Bankman Freed had no criminal intent. He didn't defraud anyone. And didn't intend to defraud anyone. Two, two very different important things. I feel like even if you do it by accident, fraud is fraud. Anyway, that's the end of my intro. Uh, how excited are you to finally watch this trial play out, Christina? Okay, I'm so excited. And I'm upset that I'm not able to be there and watch this in person. But what's mm -hmm. amazing about this is that this case like brings together the weirdest um, like bedfellows in the media so you have the Wall Street Journal doing live blogging coverage and the New York Times doing live blogging coverage. And they're doing it more from like the business angle, of course. But then you have Wired who's doing things, you know, kind of from like the crypto angle. And then you have the Coindesk people who are doing it um, from like the, 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 you know, really the hardcore crypto mm -hmm. angle. And then you have like all the, the the people on Twitter and whatnot. And so it's like this weird thing of like these these like media forces that aren't really friends who are all like in the court together, which I love. Um, I also love that um, the, uh, I, I guess, uh, uh, so this, I'm reading this in the Wall Street Journal right now. <laughs> these mm -hmm. are just, th these are just like updates. So like number one was we have a jury and number two, roommates, furry and otherwise. Oh God. The fact, the fact, the fact that the, 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 the word furry is in the, the, um, the Wall Street in Journal. The, like transcript. Yeah. And in the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, sh you know what? Even better, this isn't even about a, a furry in the internet since this is actually about like a, a British short hair cat um, oh, when, 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 when jurors were discussing their roommates. That's really disappointing. I was hoping that someone would be like, yeah, I live with a furry. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, you might be the right person for this. The for thing this is, it's not jury. outside the realm of it's possibility. Not. No, it's not. That's what I'm saying because of the polycule of it all. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much good stuff to go on with this case. That's the thing. Like, we, we've had a few little drips so far. I think it'll also, I think it's going to just continue getting better and weirder. Like, one of yes. the things I read today was that uh, SBF had to spell Doge as in Dogecoin <gasps> yes. for the court, which was oh, just great. Just this a beautiful little headline. Yes. No, see, this is what happens when the most online people you know commit fraud, allegedly. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and then it becomes like a, a, a federal case. Like, this is... This is amazing, Simone. Like this is yeah. a gift. This to is all our of Christmas. Us. It really is. Um, <laughs> so, Michael Lewis, whose book just came out, he's been accused of going a little too soft on SBF, and I, I feel like I, so I have not read the book, um, but I believe you. I read excerpts of it that he yeah, published in the Wall Street Journal, uh, which in that 
in that particular excerpt didn't feel like it was really no. going soft on him at all. It's all about Caroline Ellison and her like beginning days at Alameda and how it was just chaotic. Yeah. It was just a freaking mess. Um, but what were your feelings on that? Well, I thought there was a really great profile in The Guardian of uh, Michael Lewis, who, look, disclosure, I've never met the man, but I have read most of his books over the years. And I'm going to like out myself. I'm absolutely a fan of his work. I think he's one of the best writers of, you know, his like type, you know, doing the things that he does. I think he's really excellent mm-hmm. at it. And um, his work is stood up like you know, he's written about people who are not happy with the way he's portrayed them. And then they've come around to it and they've been like, ah, he was probably pretty accurate. So mm-hmm. I, I think that he's a, a good reporter. The Guardian piece was interesting, though. It kind of was ar- it was almost kind of arguing that usually the sorts of people and the sorts of stories he takes on are these like weirdos who it's not so much that they're heroes, but they're not like outright villains. Mm-hmm. And and so it's he's in almost in an interesting position where he obviously was smart enough to see Sam Bankman-Fried well before all of this happened and note that if he was going to be covering this kind of world, which he'd, he'd said that he really didn't have much of an interest in. Um, mm-hmm. and, and for some background for, for listeners, um, Michael Lewis wrote uh, The Big Short um, and, and he wrote Flash Boys and he's uh, Liar's Poker um, and uh, The Blind Side, Moneyball, a number of, of, of uh, well, The Blind Side had a different name, but um, the, the movie was called The Blind Side, uh, Moneyball. And has become more complicated now. <laughs> it has. It has. But he's written like, um, you know, like a lot of things. He was worked at Hedge Fund and then he became a writer. So he has a very, very strong understanding of financial markets. And he's been able to, I think, profile people who use data and markets in very interesting ways. Like that's his mm-hmm. whole thing. Which is not easy to do. Because it is not. It's hard to make those things sound as exciting as they can be sometimes. Yeah. And and then to become like a, not just a, like a successful author, but like a best-selling author, like many mm-hmm. times over. And, and then to have like not one, but like multiple films become Academy Award nominated um, it, based on your book, on your work is, it's incredible. But he, um, he clearly saw that SBF was this figure who was worth watching mm-hmm. in, in this space and then did not foresee the arrest, did not foresee any of the other stuff. And so I think that's the interesting tension that I'm curious as I get more into the book to see. I have, a, so far my take on it has been, and maybe I'm, again, just because I, I like the guy's book, but I don't, don't know anything about him. This doesn't feel like a Walter Isaacson thing where I really do feel like he sometimes gets too close to his subjects and, and you know, is accessy in a way that is maybe not like it becomes hagiographic even like as you see it. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this instance, yeah. I, I think that it's not so much I don't there's a lot of like people who are saying he's not being hard enough on him. He's not, you know, critical enough. And I think it's so much that he's it's not that he's being easy on him. It's it's just that that he's not judgmental. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, someone I, I read somewhere that he, you know, I, maybe it was the Guardian piece where he kind of feels like the entire situation as he's watching it unfold is absurd. And I have to be honest, I think if I were in his position, I would probably feel in a similar way. So I think that it's the lack what people are having a problem with early on some of the critiques. Is, and I think that he's not judgmental or harsh enough not that he's so much like sticking up for the guy, if that mm, makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Which I, and I think those are different things. So I'm looking forward to reading the book. Um, I definitely want to also read his follow-ups. I'm sure he if he's going to do that. He, there's been some talk if he's going to be at the trial or not, and if he's going to continue kind of investigating that story. Um, he also says, like in the in the Guardian profile, he thinks there's a very good chance 
that a lot of the money and the crypto stuff that you know appears to have been lost could be found. He's like, I, oh yeah. He's he's like, I actually think it's not out of the realm of possibility. Like, look, me, Christina speaking, I think this is fraud all the way down. But um, it, it, there were anecdotes, um, even even in that um. Wall Street the Journal excerpt. Wall Street Journal piece. I was yeah, going to bring where, that up. There's yeah, where that he case lost, of lost yeah, Ripple. Lost so much, so much Ripple. Millions of dollars of Ripple. And then all of his employees quit. And then he found it again. Yeah. And and, <laughs> and, and and the best thing is when they contacted the exchange because they how he was doing things is he basically wrote a bot um, to use things on like uh, a lot of Asian exchanges to buy things at one rate and then sell it immediately at another. And then, it, you know, at these various exchanges I guess they they forgot what exchange it was at and, and something hit um, a problem with, with an API and mm. uh, it kind of broke their systems. When he finally reached out to the people, however many months later, they were like, oh, you're the, you know, bleep who who sent us all that ripple. Like, what took you so long <laughs> to call us, right? Like, and, why do we have all this freaking ripple? <laughs> Take it back. Because <laughs> like, it, well, it was like, this is gunking up our work. It's like, what, what, the, what the hell, man? Which is just so funny. So funny. The whole thing, uh. just, I, I've got to be honest, the whole thing really is humorous to me. Um, it really Clownish. is. I mean, even the the excerpt, like continuing to talk about that excerpt, he has like built model bot, this bot to buy crypto like anytime it sees crypto that can be bought and then sold for more right even if it's just for a short amount of time it, it will do it and all the employees are like don't leave that thing running stop it it's gonna lose all our money and he's like no we should leave it running <laughs> and then they all quit and then he just leaves it running and it freaking works it's it just works. it's the most clownish like it, it is this an episode thing. of of a sitcom it is it is. And I have to imagine, like, again, maybe this is why, like, I, I'm being too kind, like, and I haven't finished the whole book reading into it is I'm like, I think that if I'd witnessed a lot of this, I think I would just be kind of being I think I would just find the whole thing absurd. Yeah, yeah. It I sounds don't think, absurd. I, I, I don't think I could I could be like even judgmental in any way. I would think I would just be watching and going. Okay, yeah, I guess this I makes would, sense. I would be stressed because there's a, also he talks about like how dirty the office was and oh, how yeah. there's just like old food everywhere and that would distress me on a, a psychic oh, oh, level i couldn't 1, do it percent no i mean yes. look i mean so that would be where i would draw the not with the fraud not the, fraud. Not with the millions of no, dollars of no, missing crypto but no. it would be the food it, it would be the fact that like <laughs> the, the same bank free by all accounts like lives like a you know freshman in college who has yeah. never had to take care of himself ever and just you know it, Gross. Yeah. Well, that that's also an interesting point because in some of the the writing that I some of the things I read about the defense and then also about Michael Lewis's book is this idea that he that Sam Bankman Fried wasn't into the idea of like grown ups and grown up responsibility and that that's how Lewis phrases it is talking about like the 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 people who are trying to get him to like take responsibility or like the lawyers and executives mm -hmm. who are managing the bankruptcy after the fact like right they he just has no patience for that and thinks it's ridiculous yeah um and i don't remember what exactly how how did i get onto this thought process but um uh, yeah the, the idea the, the, that the whole like not not being a grown-up like the the, the stuff exactly being yeah, yeah the very like juvenile way of doing things which i think like to some extent like as has been shown here will work for a limited time yeah under certain circumstances it's not sustainable but he was able to keep it going for a time. But like all, I mean, alleged scams 
it just collapsed yeah. I mean, around Pon- his ears. Ponzi's going to Ponzi, right? Like, I mean, exactly. that's the thing. Um, well, what's interesting too, and, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I wonder if, how much the trial will get into this. And and honestly, it's not a defense, but it is an interesting thing. Like, I wonder how much Binance and its CEO and, and kind of the moves that he made like mm, like intentionally being like, hey, yeah. I'm going to fr- I'm selling out. Bye, guys. Right. Right. That like sent everything into a tailspin. Exactly. And again, this isn't to defend like the fraud and, and no, the theft of course at not. all. But it is I do think that it is worth saying that it's not as if the person who, quote unquote, uncovered all this was altruistic. Uh, and, and that's mm. another term that comes up a lot. But he was effective. I was going to say exactly. Stop. See, <laughs> Sorry. See, no, no, you're 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 on my wavelength. I love this so much. You're oh, like yeah, we completely are. reading where I'm going there. No, but it, it is this thing where. I, you know, just he didn't have good intentions. This is somebody who was trying to sabotage his business to sell his own. And and as I said, I think a year ago, I, if I were the Binance guy, like, I would be watching my own stuff very clearly. And and look, they have had some massive problems. And I have a feeling that their books are not as good as they claim that they are either. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it would be funny if at the end of all of this, it turns out everybody's a scammer because of course they are. Because of course they are. Me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and that's where we get into, I guess, the the reputation of the rest of the industry, which is, again, not in a great place right now with everything that's happened to FTX over the last year. And then also NFTs just kind of crashing mm. and burning. Like there's a lot of, I think, mistrust coming back into view with regards to the crypto industry, which is, of course, not to say that everyone's doing fraud on the level of allegedly FTX. Right. But what do you think, I guess, about the sort of reputation of the industry hanging in the balance here? I don't know. I mean, I think that to a certain extent, that's probably true in terms of the people that had come to think of this as a respectable and Mm -hmm. more regulated type of space. Because if you could say that if you were going to do this the right way, you know, um, uh, FTX was, was kind of the pillar for that. But I think that there is a much larger contention of people who are already interested in cryptocurrency for whatever reason, who they didn't like SBF. They didn't like this attempt yeah. to make it pretty and make it palatable and make it you know, accepted by the masses. They get off on it being this, you know, um, you know, thing that where there are gatekeepers involved on, on a lot of levels, right, whether it's because of privacy or because you just have a really strong ego or, or whatever the case may be. So. I think that those people are still going to be believers regardless, right? And if you were drawn mm-hmm. to crypto for those reasons, I don't think this impacts you at all. What I do yeah, think this I does, think that that's fair. But what I do think this does is this just continues to, I guess, kind of cement the idea that as we were searching for this use case for this technology, which I will forever contend, I think, has interesting elements to it. I don't necessarily think it's efficient. I don't necessarily think that you shouldn't just use a database. But I I do think there are interesting aspects of this technology that I think that when you see things like this happen and we've tried to give value to something that there's really no rational reason to give value to, um, that disappears. And I think that you are not going to have the, the same sort of like general public, general investor, you know, whimsy to get involved in this necessarily again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope which makes me least. wonder, like, does crypto even need that? Because uh, as we've talked about it over and over again on the show, like, 
as it has become more popular and more mainstream, it has become more centralized. And just because there are these larger companies who are coming in and kind of like cleaning things up and doing things in in a way that makes sense in terms of like the larger markets. And that does go kind of against the grain of what it is supposed to represent. It does. It does. But you're kind of at a catch-22 because at a certain point, if you wanted to have any value, it has to be able to interact with existing markets. Yeah. So how yeah. how do you do that if you if you can't find a way to convert it into cash, right? Like that that's the real thing is that, you know, a lot of people can hold these coins and it can have this theoretical value and that's all well and good, but at the end of the day people want to convert these things into assets. And yeah. so how how are you able to convert that into real currency? And so you do have to still have some sort of relationship with those official systems. But yeah, I think that this definitely look, what I hope happens from this and I I'm being completely uh, too optimistic here, I'm sure, is that I hope that the next time we have a big crypto boom, and, and there will be another one, that the media and, you know, the the people who are going on finance, uh, you know, on, on TV and, and, you know, giving people advice on things will be more cautious and that they won't just take the fact that someone, all these, you know, successful people vouch for a guy to mm-hmm. not look further and realize, okay, the person who's at the center of all of these decisions is a guy that doesn't change his shirt and sits in a pie and like, you know, plays video games all day while he's talking to his friends and has like, you know, gross moldy food all around him. Like this is the person who is at the center of your financial decisions. And maybe you're okay with that, but maybe you're not. And maybe if you're JP Morgan, you should, I don't know, just like, be a little more cautious. <laughs> just, just a thought. Yeah, don't buy into the boy genius uh, shtick. Right. Speaking of surrounding themselves with famous people, did you read about like the the fees for the talent? Uh, no. Wrangler. No. Oh tell my me. god. Tell my me friend this. Lily was telling me about this earlier. Like they paid millions and millions of dollars to like have a talent manager put them in <sighs> front of people like Tom Brady. So that they could make those connections, so that they could be around Tom Brady, so that they could look legit because Tom Brady was there. Right. Oh, my God. Which makes complete sense, right? Like, I did read that that Larry David got $10 million for that Super Bowl ad, which, you know what? That is probably enough money to make you sell your soul, right? Like, I mean, I mean, like, I'm like, like, I'm I'm, I'm kind of like, regretfully, yeah, (laughs) like, I'm kind of not, I was always team, I'm not mad at anybody for shilling this stuff because, If they wrote me a big enough check, I absolutely would. I was also a team of like not wanting to give our girl Taylor too much of a pat on the back and be like, oh, she was so smart because I was like, no, she loves money more than anything. And and it does appear that um, they were the ones who backed out. There hasn't been any updated reporting on that. But I think we talked before, like the the initial reporting that Taylor didn't find, did due diligence and didn't find them to be worthy don't think that passed the sniff test. But you can understand like, yeah, they probably have to pay people a significant amount of money to get in front of Tom Brady and Giselle uh, Bunchen and, you know, mm-hmm. these other folks. Um, like, how else are you going to how else are you going to get time with Tom Brady? Honestly, how else indeed? Well, listener, maybe one way that you can try to get time with Tom Brady is by making your own website with yes. Squarespace and having good SEO. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience of Tom Brady, and sell anything, your products, services, and even the content that you create. Squarespace has got everything you need all in one place. 
You can start selling your products in an online store. And whether those products are physical or digital, Squarespace has the tools that you need to start selling online. Also, your customers get flexible payment options. Make checkout seamless for your customers with simple but powerful payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay, and offer customers the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. You can also take advantage of professionally designed website templates. Squarespace has designs for every category and use case. Plus, you can customize your look, update content, and add features to fit your needs. You can make any Squarespace template do what you want so that your idea, brand, or business stands out on every single device. Uh, It is super easy uh, from my own experience to build a beautiful brand with Squarespace, build a beautiful website and put it out there for the world to look at. Christina, you're also a a, a user of the Squared Space, are you not? I am. And I have to say, um, it's a great... um place to kind of go and, you know, create a easy to um, very pretty website that's very easy to manage. If you want to host a podcast, if you want to sell your, you know, um, I'm, I'm looking right now, I'm trying to say like it, you, you could with Squarespace for $20 a year buy TomBrady.space. <gasps> Stop. And, and you could maybe create your own merch or something where you're saying, Tom Brady, meet me in space. I don't know what you might want to do there. But no, I mean, it's, it's I've used it. It's a really good service. I think it's a if you're wanting to get started. Uh, especially doing something um, really easily. It's a, one of the best one of the yeah. best platforms out there. Whether it's silly or whether it's serious, yeah. you can do it with Squarespace. Check out squarespace.com slash rocket for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash rocket and use the code rocket to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That is squarespace.com slash rocket and the code rocket when you decide to sign up to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for Rocket. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. You ready to talk about iPhones? Let's talk about iPhones. I'm so excited. Yeah. And so happy to have it. So listeners, as you'll know, the iPhone uh, 15, 15 Pro and oh God, what are, what are they? 15 Pro what Max. Printing Pro Max. Mm-hmm. Thank you. They are out in the wild now. Uh, I have the iPhone 15 upgrading from the iPhone 11, which I hung on to for years. What did you end up getting? I wound up getting the iPhone 15 Pro Max um, uh, upgraded from the iPhone 14 Pro Max. Um, and uh, so we can And the reason I got the, the Pro Max, A, as I've talked about in the past, even though I was a long, long, long time hater of the large phones, and I still prefer small ones. Tiny little hands. Yes. I've just come to terms with the fact that if I'm going to have to have a big phone, because they're all big, even the smallest ones, even the mini, I'm just going to go big. I just had to just embrace the biggest one. Also, this year, the the camera is significantly different. Um, there's there's the five um, times optical zoom on the, the Max that is not on the uh, smaller Pro. So I wanted that. Um, but you, this was really funny. I, I don't know how much you talked about it on um, previous show when I was not here, but you were on the fence about upgrading and I was like very much, I was very adamant. I was like, you need to, you need to upgrade your phone, Simone. This is the year to do it. You need to upgrade your phone. And I'm really glad you did. Me too. I, I feel like I, I I was committed, but not excited just because I knew like, oh, well, first of all, my phone was just not holding a charge anymore. Right. And uh, that has become even more evident now that I have the new phone. I'm like, oh, that was really bad. 
we were living like like little beasts in the woods with the charge that my 11 was holding at the time. Okay. Um, but then I was also just kind of, I, I think because I waited so long, I didn't get a great trade-in value on it, which right. was a bummer. Yeah. If you'd been on but a slightly- But it would have been worse had I not done it this year. Totally. Like if you'd been on a slightly, I think if you'd been like on a different um, plan, T-Mobile plan, you would have been able to get significantly more money for it. But for the plan you were on, you I didn't. changed, I upgraded my plan. And it still didn't let you do it. That's weird. Yeah. Anyway. I, yeah. Um, it's frustrating. That is frustrating. Um. But um, I want to hear about your experiences first because I can talk about mine. But like you, especially because like, look, for me, I'm going to be honest. I mean, the new camera is great, but it's also one of those things where this is a relatively minor um, upgrade in every other way. Like it's it's USB-C. Yeah, so things that we'll have to talk about for you are that um, the action button and that zoom lens, right. uh, which I hear is just leagues better than what I have. But I am happy to talk about but my experience. I was going to say, because for you, you're going from a much bigger place to, like you're going from an iPhone 11 to an iPhone 15. And that, I think, is A, much more like what most of our listeners are going through and B is obviously a much bigger difference. So I really want to hear about your, what uh, what your thoughts are and, and what your experiences have been so far. Yeah. So first of all, I really, really love the size and the the shape of it. Uh, one of the things that I was concerned about was I, whether I would be kind of stuck into getting a bigger phone because I was upgrading. And when I finally did compare the sizes between the 11 and the 15, uh, this is, you know, bigger screen, smaller phone. So I was thrilled about that and i love that it has the sharper corners you know they're not like sharp corners like oh my hands but the 11 still has that kind of rounded silhouette um and this one does feel easier to hold and the texture of it is super pleasing and like not terribly slippery which i like i've been going caseless so far yes um and i did I went out last Friday to a club and on the way there on the train, I was like, oh, no. And I logged on and I purchased Apple Pay. Uh, Apple Care, yeah. yeah <laughs> or yeah. sorry, Apple Care. Apple Good Care, girl. yeah. Good girl. Because I was like, oh, no, I didn't have time to get a case. And now that I have it, I'm like, will I get a case? I don't know. Um, but yes, so really love the texture. One thing that we both can talk about, because I think this is a good place to do it, is I love that there are colors. Mm -hmm. They're a bit muted yeah they're a bit pale they are christina they're kind of like white yeah what color did you get the yellow the yellow okay and i got the blue which is really like which black. is pretty white yeah. yeah yeah your yellow looks really white mine looks really black i'm really not into this whole like lack of pigment oh, yeah your oh yeah because sorry i forgot that your phones is yes it's the darker the bolder color exactly so, so, but it's the same. It's the same problem, right? It's it's not no pigment. That's the problem. Yep, yep, no pigment. So, Apple, we love the effort that we you do. put into offering the expanded color range. The thought was there. In practice, I think we would like a little more uh, pigment and saturation. That's just what I'll say on that. Yeah. Um. Okay. What else about this phone? So the I think the screen is freaking beautiful. Vivid, crisp, gorgeous. Love it. Love looking at it. Um, and then the other big change uh, that I've experienced, aside from again, like being in the phase of taking uh, front-facing camera selfies that don't make me uh, upset, is <laughs> I really love the dynamic island. I've been using it like to, you know, switch between switch songs on Spotify mm -hmm. while I'm browsing websites and stuff. Um, and answer text messages as well. And mm -hmm. the way that it does just disappear 
like into if you're on an app like Instagram that has a dark background, or at least mine does. I don't know if everyone's is like that. Do I have dark mode? Um, it just kind of disappears and it's invisible. Um, and on Tumblr as well, it basically disappears. Uh, but it is a really seamless way to to interact with other apps while you are doing something else. Uh, so I have really enjoyed having access to that now uh, that I have a new phone. Yay. I love it. Yeah. Um, what do you think about it? Because I'm, I'm trying to remember what the 11 was like now, because that was those were those were more rounded. That was before they went to the square um, yes. design. Right. So so this is so one of the big changes from the last three years from the 12, 13, 14 is that there had been that was the more kind of a squared off back the return to form of the shimmerfeared edges of the iPhone 4 and iPhone 5. Um, mm-hmm. And um, this new one, I think, is kind of like a, a cross between the two. Like it's it, it's more rounded and it is more comfortable, but it does still have a little bit of a, a squaring. Um, you know, it, it's not like a completely, you know, curved edge screen. What do you think about yeah. the new, um, I guess, feel of the phone? I adore it. I think it's super easy to hold in my hand, especially because, like I said, for me, it's smaller than Mm -hmm. the other one. And it is, yeah, the texture, as you said, is is really nice. I I just took my 11 out to reacquaint myself with it. Um, And yeah, that's the rounded, rounded edges all around glass back phone. Um, It's pretty, it's definitely heavier than the 15, um, even though they're both just the the basic, you know, model of the phone. Um, and oh shoot, what there was something else I was going to say based on what you asked me about the, about, oh, the, uh, Gizmodo review that I read, uh, she kind of compares the, like the feel and look of the back of the phone to sea glass. And I was like, that is so freaking right. It is like very in its sort of, um, soft muted, uh, texture, a lot like sea glass. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say one of the biggest changes for me going from the 14 Pro Max to the 15 Pro Max, and a number of uh, reviewers have commented on this, is how light it is. Mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm, going from, mm-hmm. you know, the stainless steel to the titanium, it's really notable. And it's even that's interesting that it's even notable for you going from the 14, which I think was more plastic, um, although I don't remember now, or the 11 rather, going more, more plasticky to this, that it's still lighter. So that's that's really interesting. Yeah, I, I think the, four, the, the 11 is is glass backed no it's glass backed um, but i but i was just trying to say i didn't know don't remember if it was like stainless steel like on the, oh, the sides or yeah, whatever like the body of it yeah, yeah the body i don't remember and it might have been i don't know but the fact that it's lighter um is is notable because it's definitely like it's significantly lighter like the it phone is, is so really much lighter is. like i'm like oh okay which i have to say makes me feel better about the whole size of it because the yeah. one thing i didn't like about last year's phone, and I'm actually holding them both side by side right now, was that it was notably heavier than than the 12 that I'd had beforehand. And I was like, okay, this is fine, but this phone has some heft to it. I don't mind it. But at the same time, I'm a little bit worried with a phone this big, it kind of feels like, okay, if I drop it a certain way, like it's going to be maybe heavier, it's going to fall a certain way. Like I, you know, am worried about it. Whereas now, weirdly, I'm like, okay, I feel better. Like if it's going to, whether the material is, is going to be strong enough or not, I don't know. I have Apple yeah. Care, but like I feel like okay, if I drop this, this is not going to be like a disaster for either the phone or whatever it's dro- whatever I've dropped it on. Right. <laughs> oh, well, that's a very good point because oftentimes it will be my face. So yeah. So um, I like that a lot, um, and I'm really glad to hear that you like the Dynamic Island because I I think that that's one of those things that unlike um, uh, 3D Touch, which I I think I was the only one who loved. 
No, I was there too. I was right there with you. Well, okay, so we loved it. Um, we, it was us. It was just you and me. It was just us. Because, <laughs> but I did love it. Like, I think that this is something that I've actually seen a lot more uh, developers take advantage of. And you, when you find it in apps, it's very delightful. It's very nice. It is. I do love it. It's such a great, simple innovation. Um, and I really appreciate it. So when it comes to your model, you have the action button. Yes. Uh, what have you thought of that so far? Okay, so it's interesting because by default, it will just mute your phone. But the thing is, is that if you're like most of us, your phone is always muted. Um, and I would argue, as would uh, Dieter Bone, that the iPhone mute switch has never been a true mute switch because it would mute the sounds on um, like like the ring, but it wouldn't mute sounds coming out of the phone and a true mm -hmm. mute button should do both. And I agree with that, actually. Um, you could actually set up an action with this now with the action button if you wanted to really mute everything. You could make an Apple shortcut with it. And that's actually kind of what I like about it. Um, I like that you can program this. And there are a ton of people who have done some even very ridiculous like linked like shortcuts of actions on actions on actions to do things with the the action button, which I think is pretty um, slick. That is so cool. I wish that you could out of the box do more than one thing with it. Like I wish that out of the box I could say, okay, if I squeeze this twice, it'll do one thing. If I squeeze it once, it'll do, you know, the other. Like that mm -hmm. I think would be even better just because you get to see how much fun macros are. And I really like that, right? Like I think that um, like I've, I've got it right now set up to open a camera app, but you could do it for any number of things, right? Like I could have it, you know, in if this were a year ago, Simone, I yeah. would have had it set up to open Twitter and, and 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 have ready to go with the new tweet every time. I'd just look on it and I'd be right there. But no, um, uh, it, it is, in fact, 2023 and, and Twitter is not my home anymore. And so <sighs> that doesn't make sense for me. But like, that's the sort of thing you could do. You know, you can go directly. You can people are getting really granular with it, like I said, and I love the customizability of that. Um, I think that there's been a little bit of ridiculousness and some people overhyping how great it is. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's slow our roll a, a little bit. Automation yeah. is great. This is not earth shattering, but I, I have to say as a company that was really resistant for so long to letting anybody customize any aspect of their phone, I'm really heartened by how much Apple has embraced shortcuts and yeah. which, which to be clear was a third party app that they acquired and then they brought into their platform natively and I'm really impressed how much they've embraced that to the point that, yeah, it's like tied to the action button. And that's really slick. Um, what um, I might do, because my mind is, like I said, it's a camera right now. I might make it a music thing. Honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't even be mad if I just like had it open up 1989 Taylor's version. That's <gasps> what I should do Ooh, on, yes, on, yes, on yes, the 27th. Yes, yes. That's, that's, that's what I should do. Just like open it up so I can just like immediately start playing 1989 Taylor's version. Yeah. And I just love the idea that like there are, like you said, like it, it's customizable. It's a way there there's an out of the box function that people will easily understand and can use it for. But if you want to get like really involved with it and play around, there are so many ways that you can use it. So I, th I just think it's neat. I think it's Agreed. neat. I agree. Yeah. I, it's neat. I like it. Yeah, it's neat for sure. What are the other, so what was the other thing? Oh, the zoom lens. Yeah. Yeah. So the reviews I read also like specifically called out the camera on the back of the 15. Like it's, you know, it's, it's an improvement on the previous cameras, but it does not have great zoom. Um, but you do like Pro Max. have great zoom. How do you feel about that? 
It's really good. And I think when you, so I'm going to actually just, we're going to have this link in the show notes. I'm going to add this to our doc right now, Simone. Everybody should read um, a Sebastian DeWitt's uh, review um, over on the um, Halid um, blog. And and Halid is, of course, one of my favorite um, uh, camera apps. It's a third-party app. And uh, and Ben and, and Sebastian do really, really good work on it. And it it is aimed at people who love photography. Like you can use it as a replacement for, you know, your normal camera app, but it's really designed for people who want a lot more control. And one of the cool things about it is that if you always, for instance, you don't like the the built-in Apple camera in certain lighting conditions will knock you down to the lesser zoom. But if you always want to use the 5X zoom, for instance, you can do that using a third-party app like Halid. But Sebastian, who is a much better photographer than me, really goes through the paces with um, the the camera. And it's incredible, right? Um, it's mm-hmm. really, really good. The shots that you're getting, you know, obviously some stuff will be done with processing. Um, it, the, the, but even just seeing some things that, he, that Sev was putting on Twitter. Um, and of course, the processing might be the, not everything was straight from the camera, but just the the quality of the photos are astounding, especially in, the, in um, you know, the raw um, mode. Um, and the, the, the telephoto that 5X telephoto really is significant. Um, I've had cameras that have the equivalent or maybe even more optical zoom in a digital camera, but it's been a very, uh, not cameras, phones, I guess that have a, a better optical zoom than this. It's been a really long time and certainly not one that has a sensor this large. Mm-hmm. So I think the last time I had a, a camera that probably had the same focal lens as this or a phone that, phone camera that had the same focal lens as this was probably the Microsoft, the, the Lumia, I, I think it was the 1020, which oh, was, wow. was, uh, which was more than, which was 10 years ago, I think. And that, <sighs> that one had a really, really great, um, you know, zoom lens. That was part of its whole thing. And obviously that was a Windows phone. And so no one bought it, but it was great. And, and I think the sensor which at the time was one of the best you could get, significantly smaller, significantly like way behind technology-wise. And so I think that getting the sort of, like it is it is incredible even seeing where the 3X uh, telephoto was uh, with some of my uh, camera shots that I did at the Taylor Swift concert in Seattle and yeah. seeing able to see how close I could get. When I've now looked at some of the 5X shots that I've taken, um, I'm really... I, I love that. Oh no, you got to buy tickets to a European tour now. I know, I know, right? I, I really do. No, it was it was really annoying that I went to see. I saw Ben Folds twice, and I went to a baseball game right when I was getting my phone, and so I and I wasn't able to use the new phone at any of those things, and that would have been oh. like a great time. But like the concerts were literally right before, and the baseball game was like right when I got it, and I like didn't have time to, to transfer everything. To switch so. it over. It was oh, that was a. That was a stressful time. I actually, I was doing it, uh, gosh, yeah, it was last week, but it was, it ended up being, I believe, uh, the morning that I like recorded that episode and I was like, I woke up early to do my research and I was like staring at my phone, like watching it, like loading things, being like, please finish. I have to talk about you. I have to use you. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I was able to now spend more time with it before I like fully talk about it. The other funny thing that happened was I happily put my old phone in the drawer in my bedside table um, and did not think to turn it off and more importantly, turn off my alarms See? on it. So I woke up one morning to this sound and I was like, what's happening? It's not my, my phone is in the bed with me. It's not my phone. It's not my iPad. 
It's not my computer. Where is this sound? And it's like, I'm, it's so early. I'm so bleary. And I'm like turning on the light being like, where is it coming from? And then I realize it's just my old iPhone sitting in the drawer, somehow not out of battery, despite the fact that it had not been charged in a minute. That's hilarious. <sighs> Whereas for me, what's happened is, is that I... The old, uh, the new alarm sound, because I set up as a new phone. And so I was using the new alarm sound versus the old alarm sound that I'd kept using forever and ever. And mm. so instead I'm woken up, I'm like, what is the sound? I haven't heard the sound before. This is not the alarm that <laughs> I've, I, I've gotten used to for the last 15 years, 16 years, however long I've had an iPhone. I'm like, this is not the normal sound. I know for many people, it would be the normal sound for them. But for me, it was not. And I was like, okay, where is this coming from? What is this? Oh, that's right. You got a new phone and a few years ago, Apple changed the alarm and, and you just decided to accept the default. Cool. Now, what cool, cool. is your song? What is your sound? It's whatever the new default sound is. Okay. I think it's early riser. I think, I think that's what it is. I'm going to do everyone a favor and not play it. On We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Yeah. Um, I, I changed mine to, I think mine was early riser possibly. And I changed it to bird song, but I having now woken up to bird song for the last week, it may be too gentle for me. I've had some really good. I, I'm a big, big fan of the second sleep in the morning that yes. happens after your alarm goes me off. Me too. And the bird song has led to some really restful second sleeps. And that's not exactly what I need it to do. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so some of mine, I guess. Uh, so, yeah. So, like, uh, radial used to be like the, you know, the, the normal one um, or a radar or whatever um uh the the classic one and then i think the new one okay that's what it is radial is the default and then on some of them it's the classic one radar that's that's what i've got okay yeah maybe i should maybe i should put a sound on there that gives me anxiety um cool so we are both big fans of the phone i i think i would say i would echo the reviews that i've read which consistently say like hey if you feel like you're on if you feel like your phone is time, it's time to put it to rest. This is a good one to upgrade to. Yeah. Um, oh, we didn't even talk about really the port. We didn't even. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Christina. Okay. It's been amazing. It has been amazing. USB-C. Yes. I was going to say this. is Okay. This is the best part of it. Like, honestly, <laughs> this is the whole reason that there were lines. Also, Ugh. what was your process like getting a phone? Because when I picked mine up in Washington, D.C. on Friday, I had to wait in line for an hour. An hour. Ooh, they mailed mine to me, but it was, I think, backordered. Okay. So I just anecdotally, I know that we're coming in here like 10 days late. Sorry, guys. I wasn't on the pod last week and I, uh, you know, uh, I, I got sick last minute. So apologies. But this was very interesting to me. I have not seen an Apple line, like a good old fashioned line for an nice. iPhone in years. It's been like, I think since the iPhone 10 which as you recall, like we made sure that we got for my mom and that she, you know, did. But like, I haven't had to wait in line. And this was, again, I had a reservation. Now I missed my pickup time because I was at lunch and it went long. Uh -huh. Who cares? Um, it was, what was actually annoying was that we got to the Apple store and I, I'd been in line at this point for like 40 minutes, 45 minutes, yeah. maybe longer. And the guy was like, well, since you're already up here, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll, we'll let you go through this one time. But, you know, in the future, you really should come, you know, when you're, when, when your call time is. And I'm like, bro, I've been waiting okay. for like an hour. <laughs> like it's, it's cool. I'm also in my, in my mind. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not, I, I was very nice. I was very gracious, but I was like, okay, um, you really don't want to kick me out of the pickup line. 
Like, no, they're all- going to put a note down in your Apple chart that says that you're an unruly customer, Christina. Well, well, no, here's the funny thing. So there, there is there is a note in my chart, I think, that basically <gasps> at least this says, like, treat me very well. He just didn't know who the hell I was. Oh, no. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I didn't want to, you know, pull that card. But like, if you kicked me out, like, bro, I'm going to I would. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that so that didn't happen, though. Um, everybody was great. But I, I talked to the girl who was very sweet, not like her, you know, line Nazi guy. She was very sweet. And I was like trying to commiserate with her. I was like, how, how's it been going? You know, has been, she's like, it's what we do. I was like, I know this is like your Super Bowl because I've, I've had to do Black Friday, you know, Cyber Monday, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, you know, um, day after Christmas stuff. I know the pain they're going through. And she was like, no, it's been like this all day. She was like, I haven't seen it like this in years. And so, and again, this was pickups. Um, they should have done a separate line for people like me who were just doing a pickup and had already paid and then one for people with trade-ins where it was more complicated. But like, yeah, it, it was it was nuts. And I, I heard that from people all over the country where there were really long lines to get their phones. So a lot of people clearly wanted- We US- are so back. Yeah, we are so back. Clearly a lot of people wanted USB-C because yes, the convenience. Thank you. Finally. And it charges. So I know that I have the slow port. I only have the 2.0. It does charge- so fast. Yeah. I'm obviously, I've been ruined by having the 11 for years and years. But still, it's great for you. an elderly phone. But yeah, it's so fast. And like, it has been, I, I still have the um, AirPods that charge with lightning. So I'm no longer like fighting between the right. chargers for Which that. Which is good um, actually for you. Yeah. Um, for, for now. I'll transfer eventually. But for me, I did. So I had to buy a new pair of AirPods second gens because the I left some in, in a hotel and they were stolen. Not a big deal. But that was like seven weeks before the new ones mm-hmm. came out. And I was like, am I going to buy new headphones just for the USB-C port? I was like, no, I don't know if I'm going to do it. And then I was like, well, if they could sell them to me today at the Apple store when I'm picking up my phone, I would do it. And of course they couldn't. But then Amazon had them for $50 off and I could have them ready to be at my house when I got off the plane. So I made an executive decision and gave my basically brand new AirPods Gen 2s to my friend, Aaron. I was like, Aaron, you can have (laughs) new AirPods. Congratulations. You've just given me an excuse. (laughs) You've just given me an excuse to spend $200 um, on a product that I bought identically seven weeks ago. You love doing that. I do love doing that. Honestly, I love both parts of that. I love giving people things and I love an excuse to spend money. So, um, but all this to be said, like the USB-C lifestyle, it's great for you because you don't have to fight between your AirPods and, and your phone anymore, but it's even better for you because now, Simone, you don't have to use a different freaking dumb cable when you need to plug your phone in to your computer. It's going to be so freaking nice. Right? Uh, yeah, I have the laptop that has USB-C ports and HDMI. That's all it has. And the MagSafe, of mm-hmm. course. But yeah, so to have that, I, I, I am honestly dreaming of the day when I can have like two USB-C chargers plugged into the back yes. of my bed. That will be ideal. Right now, I just have the one USB-C and then the lightning. But yes, it has created so much more flexibility in my life. Um, I I do need more USB-C cables, you do? I will say. But I'm I'll I'm getting there and it has been not a painful transition at all basically to to the the new thing personally because I had already had the iPad and like the other stuff but it's been really great basically so the kind of thing where it's so convenient that you don't even notice and then 
your podcast co-host asks you, should we talk about the ports? And you go, oh, yeah. You're like, yeah, this is the, <laughs> the greatest ports thing are ever. different. No. I forgot. No, 100%. <laughs> um, I should also point out, um, they're, they're, uh, again, I'm not like, this is not sponsored, although if they want to sponsor us, uh, hit us up. But Belkin is running a sale right now. Um, and you can save like uh, like up to $40 off of um, like uh, accessories if you're wanting to get something. And so what I did, I bought this. I bought their Boost Charge Pro, their three-in-one charger. So it'll fast charge your iPhone, your Apple Watch, and your AirPods um, all wirelessly. Um, and it has like kind of a USB-C cable thing in the back. But the reason I brought this up is that it's $150. But if you want to save 40 bucks, you can just add like an $11 USB-C cable from Belkin, which, as you said, you might need an extra one to your order. And then you can use a promo code to get $40 off. And then it's also free shipping. So that's my like just a uh, tidbit there for anybody who's looking for chargers and stuff. Um, if, if, nice. you're, if you're wanting to get something. But they should sponsor us, Belkin. They should. They should. <laughs> Absolutely. Please, please contact us. Uh, Christina at Christina.is. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the one thing I'm realizing too. I was like, I do not have enough USB-C cables. I thought that I did, but I've had so many USB-C to lightning cables. I'm going to have to repack my bag accordingly. I'm still going to have to have one for the stupid AirPod um, Pro Maxes, but like everything else, yep. we're like almost there. Um, and I'm very, very, very happy. We're so close. We're so close. All right. So that, I think, pretty much covers the iPhone 15. Christina, what are you up to this week? So I'm just doing some stuff for work. Um, We are now, I guess, about uh, right at a month um, out from uh, GitHub Universe, uh, githubuniverse.com, if you want to get more details on that. That's going to be in San Francisco. So I'm planning a bunch of stuff associated with that. Um, And I'm trying to read a bunch of books because a bunch of really good books came out, Um, not just the... the, um, uh, um, uh, Sam Bankman Freed book uh, from Michael Lewis, but also Taylor Lorenz's Extremely Online was Yay. out this week. And so I've been reading that. So I'm trying to catch up on 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 books and and on other stuff. And just like I said, preparing for what is about to be a very busy fall. What about you, Simone? Uh, I am working away. Uh, I have a video that should be coming out next week about Elden Ring again. Nice. Oh, I get back at it, um, <laughs> which I am pretty excited about. Um, so just gearing up for that uh, streaming as usual. But that is pretty much it for me. Wow. So if you would like to hear Christina and I go long on some pop culture, yeah. we in our bonus segment that we're about to record are going to talk about the new film Bottoms. Uh, which, like I said at the top of the show, is High School Lesbian Fight Club and so is good. also so good. So good. And so weird, but we're not going to say anything more about no. it because you should go to relay.fm slash membership mm-hmm. and find out more about uh, how you could support our show directly and hear us uh, do a bonus segment every week about whatever the heck we want to talk about. And on further ado, let's go do that. This episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated. <laughs> 